It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I'm Ian Kroll. Everton started off their campaign with a dull 2-2 draw against Wolves at Molyneux. I'm joined by three Everton fans who will provide reaction and debate to Everton's opener, as well as look forward to the first home game of the season against Southampton. My guests today include Everton fan home and away, Mark Crotty. Hello, Mark. Hello. Huge Everton fan and season ticket holder, Tom Clark. Hello, Tom. Hi, And my third guest, I'm making his debut on the show, and a true blue, John Howard. Good evening. Hi, gents. How are we feeling today? Good, thanks. Good, yeah. All good. Um, say it every week because there is usually only one place to start with Everton. Uh, John, as you're making your debut, I'll start with you. Um, we might as well get it out the way yeah. before we go on and yeah. talk about Everton's performance. Yeah. Phil Jagielka's red card. Was it a red card? Was it even a foul? Do you know what I'm going to say? And this is not me being a bias, blue ear lads. I don't think it was a red card. I think he's overrun the ball. I think we all all get that. But I do actually think when he gets his tackling, he actually plays the ball. And I know there's a lot of people saying, oh, the studs were showing. But you're at a stretch like that the studs are going to be showing. I don't think he was out of control. I think there was one leg. I think the ball was played. For me, I think I think it's been very, very harsh on Jags, to be honest with you. I really do. And and again, whether it was any lad in any colour shirt, I don't actually think it was a red card, no. Tom? I do think it was a foul, but I agree. I don't think it was a red card. I personally would have given a yellow. I think he was out of order, really. Um, it was his first touch that put him out in the first place. It was his own fault, and he just threw himself in, really. He did manage to poke the ball off the attacker's leg, but he did take the attacker's leg. He took his shin, or his ankle, I think it was. He took his ankle with his studs, which was pretty horrible, so I would call it foul play, really. But I personally would have given a yellow rather than a red. I thought it was quite harsh. Mark, I can see you like a raging bull. You're, oh, like, you're just, you're <laughs> just ready to go, aren't you? I've been like this since the minute it happened. It, it was literally opposite us. Um, and, and when he when he gave the foul, I was raging enough. And then when I seen the red card come, obviously couldn't believe it. Um, I've seen the replays thousands of times since, and I, and I just I, it's not even a foul for me. I think he's 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 definitely obviously miscontrolled it, but. He's gone in. The ball uh, has gone in the, the direction of, of the which he's tackled, so he's clearly won the ball. Um, the follow through is always going to be natural in a slight tackle, and I think if we're going to start sending people off for that, we're going to have nine, ten red cards a game. I've seen other instances over the over the weekend, um, like I think Peter Check came out for a for a, for a block. Um, yeah. He hits his shoulder, went over, but his follow through got him right down the shin. It wasn't yeah. even mentioned. Yeah. It wasn't even a yeah. foul, and, and so you know. I'm not just saying it because, as, as John said, because I'm a blue. I've looked at it so many times, and if that's going to be a red card from now on, then we're in trouble. And um, I, I sort of think that's why you look back at the World Cup and no Premier League referees went. And you know these these examples sum it up. They're too hasty. They're too uh, by the letter of the law. It's like they've never played football. They've never seen a, a tackle like that. I just think. If, for me, it's not even a foul. Never mind a, a yellow or a red card. Yeah, I mean the, the reason for the red card seemed to change, didn't it? It was like first of all, it was um, it was because it was a goal scoring opportunity, and then it was 
um, excessive force. I mean, how, how can they make the rules up as they go yeah. along? Well, they seem very good at it, Ian, don't they, to be fair? Yeah. You know, I mean, let's go back uh, probably before our time. But uh, Clive Thomas, Brian Hamilton puts the ball in the net. First off, it's a handball. Yeah. And then it's a... Uh, and then it's offside. Yeah. To me, it's it's either one thing or the other. And I have to basically echo what Mark said. It, it, tackling, you know, it's a football. It's a, still a physical game. People are gonna get hurt. You know, no one wants to play together. Of course not. But you know, when two people are clashing and there's a you know, there's a football involved, you're gonna get a little bit of follow through. And the big underlying thing for me is Jagielka plays the ball. Whether he's overran it, miscontrolled it, he has played the ball. Yeah. You know, and uh, there, there wasn't two feet. It was one foot, and, and Jagielka, by and large, has always been a lad who's been good in the tackle. Yeah. Um, Tom, I don't, I don't want to dwell on it too much because obviously it's, it is a negative from the game. Um, but obviously, I've, I've said they're not going to come out on appeal. Is it the right decision? Does it make it look like Jags was guilty? It does really. The fact that they haven't even appealed it because it was obviously debatable. Like it's been one of the biggest debates in any of the Premier League games. So. The reason to not appeal it was a bit of a strange one, really. I thought his club should back him at least as well, as well with him being the club captain. They should give him some kind of backing and appeal it at least. So I was a bit disappointed to hear they wouldn't be appealing it as well, to be honest. Yeah, Mark, that, um, it's it's the referee's responsibility to pinpoint where the free kick's being taken. Um, and the, the free kick was moved uh, like five yards forward, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, why did not one single Everton player go, go to the referee and uh, say push that back yeah I totally agree I, I, I never seen at the time um, obviously <laughs> too busy kicking off uh, but I, I've seen it back <laughs> since and obviously yeah, he stole a few yards there hasn't he I think Richarlison and Schneiderlin had a little bit but the ref sort of dismissed them but um, yeah I, I think are they not strong th- enough though like I'm not saying I, want, I wanted Wayne Rooney in the team but if a Wayne Rooney slash leader was uh, on that pitch on that day totally agree that, with that him, ball yeah. would have been pushed back five yards yeah, never, yeah, mind, yeah. never mind pushed forwards and these are the things I think Everton need to get a little bit nastier at isn't it and start being that sort of uh, you know like you've just said not har- harassing the referee at every opportunity but letting them know that they're clever yeah, yeah and making making them aware that um Look, not only if you just give us a bad decision, you've actually just stole five or ten yards for them, which did prove crucial, didn't it? Because that, you know, obviously the, that angle sort of made the, the free kick for them. So yeah, just little things that we need to learn from situations like that, yeah. being a little bit more nasty, being a little bit more uh, clever, um, and, and making sure that the referee at least knows for next time um, that he's going to be thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just just to touch on the points of like the leader leadership, John. I had a mate who said that. Um, it's literally like five, ten minutes after the red card was given, he said, oh, "Look at Jags's reaction. It was definitely a red card. He knows he, he knows he's done him, but like that's that's a typical Jags reaction, isn't it? He's not. He's he's been a great player, a great servant for the club, but it was just his initial acceptance of it that was like, oh well. I mean, the referee's not going to change his mind. I get that, but at least have a fight back. He just kind of just shrugged his shoulders and just went, all right, I'll just go off. Mm-hmm. It was. I, I just. I don't know. I, I, I just couldn't believe it to be honest I, I, I can believe it Ian to be honest with you I totally echo what you say I think Jagielk has been a wonderful servant a fantastic player and a real likeable guy yeah. I don't think he's ever been traditional captain material yeah. I, I think he's been far too quiet and what I prefer to look at was that a Jagielka acceptance of the red card or was that maybe a Jagielka acceptance of saying I'm slowing down a little bit and he was more annoyed about his mistake mm. than potentially the red card he seems to be a lad who, who I remember when he first signed and you know his head was going down at Goodison thinking a game against Middlesbrough and he's a little bit of g up I think he's always been a, been a lad who's been affected 
you know, whereas he's the likes of the aforementioned Wayne Rooney, he's got a, well, I don't care mentality. I'll be nasty if you think I'm nasty. I think Jagielka is almost like a bit more of a sensitive soul. Yeah. And I think he was dwelling more on his mistake person than his red card. You know, and, and he's 36 now, there's other centre-half signing. So maybe he's, he's thinking about that. Tom, John's just mentioned there, there's other centre-halves going to be uh, ready and willing to take his place. Where, um, where does that leave Jags now in, in the pecking order? Puts him right back down there. Like, as soon as it happened, my first reaction was to say he's finished now with everything, really. That's him done. Off you go. But um, it's a sad, to say, it's a sad way to say goodbye if it is, really. But it just puts him right down, I'm sure. I think Zoom is ready to go straight in there. And obviously, Yeri Mean is a big money sign and he's going to have to go in there. And there's youngsters as well, like Keenan Holgate, who are ahead of him as well. So I think that's goodbye for me, uh, for him. So it's unfortunate, but a bad way to say goodbye. But it puts him right down the bottom, yeah. Mark, it's, it's obviously going to be difficult. He spends a lot of years at Everton. Um, you know, does, does any, barring any injuries to other players, do you see him getting back in that team? No, he's, he has gone down to fifth. And what, going on from what John said, it might have been a realisation that actually I'm not going to get back in this team now. I've just just straight it. away, yeah. straight after. Um, because, like you say, Meenan and Zuma are surely going to be your first choice. Holgate and Keane are going to be pushing. So, you know, without Europe... Um, He's fifth choice centre half now, isn't he? Mm. Um, it, this, I've even seen a couple say he might even go out on loan now towards the end of the window because you know four centre halves is ample for a Premier League season, and a thirty-six year old sitting in in the stands every week isn't really going to put it. He might behind the scenes play a, a role for a mentor and a Holgate or whatever, but um, you know is is that what we're paying him for? It wouldn't surprise me if if he had a little loan later on in the window. Um, mm. But if Yang's around the club, that's that that's fine as well. His contract's up at the end of the season. I just can't see him. Um, I can't. I just can't see him getting a game anymore. No one like Tom said it might be a bit of a sad end to that career. Mm. Um, he deserved a bit of a better send off than a an opening day red card at Wolves but um, it is what it is he's got to get on with it and uh, I don't think we appealed it just simply because one I don't think they thought the FA would overturn it but two it's give Silver a bit of an easy option mm. for Saturday now isn't mm. it doesn't have to drop anyone um, someone's just going to come straight in so yeah sad to see him get sent off like that but it is what it is and we've you know we've got to crack on now and, and I think for Everton Football Club um, there's better alternatives it's Jaggy Elkin at centre half now well, we'll come on to the um, we'll come on to we'll replace him on Saturday a bit later on. Um, that's all the negative stuff out the way. Just wanted to get out the way first. <laughs> I could tell you were all steaming. I could proper tell. Um, so let's ju- let's talk about the performance then, because um, Tom, let's let's start with you. Um, positive, negative, middle, average. What what do you think? Um, my initial reaction was insignificant, really. To the, to me, that game doesn't matter too much. It's going to be a completely new look side. That was an extension of pre-season. It's not what Silva's team is going to look like. So um, we're going to see something completely different. Um, so it was pretty pretty insignificant to me. In terms of positive positive or negative, though, it was, um, we had both in there, a bit of both. I think the two goals, though, it showed a bit of rust from Jordan Pickford. I know he was very keen to get back on the side, but it was early after he'd come back after his holiday. So there was mistakes in there as well. But um, definitely positives up front, like Richarlison. He's, he looks brilliant up front. He looks clinical as well. So uh, there's there's definitely a few positives in there in terms of the attackers. 
Mark, you you were there, obviously apart from the side of the fact that you were fuming for half <laughs> the game. Did you enjoy the performance or did you think it was uh, promising? No, um, everyone who I went with, we, we all were encouraged. Uh, I think we were encouraged with, with the fight and the spirit more than any. We haven't seen that for a long time, um, especially with Simon on the opening day, heavy legs. Um, everyone put a shift in, everyone worked hard. They all seem to be a team. Um, and I think Marco Silva touched on that after the game, didn't he? So if we can keep that team spirit and attitude, the quality is going to come. And if we keep that together and add the quality, then yeah, it's only going to uh, hold us in good stead. Uh, I was encouraged. I thought we'd done really well. Um, even with 10 men, had the better chances. I can think of, I think Tosin should have slipped Walcott in. And there was one or two other little bits and pieces we could have got a third goal. Um, especially the first 40 minutes when it was 11 v 11 I was expecting Wolves to come off flying at us and, and I think we controlled I don't think we allowed them to got the goal sitting pretty I uh, don't think Wolves offered any threat uh, I think we would have gone on convincingly to win 2-3-0 yeah. um, we didn't but um, I'm looking at the positives I like to do that um, and I think yeah if we can keep that attitude and team spirit and work rate for the rest of the season the quality will come um, cautiously optimistic for for what's ahead of us, yeah. yeah. John, usually an Everton team of the past, I don't know specifically, but certainly over the past, say, three to four years, probably would have crumbled on, at that point, you know, conceded, um, or down to ten men, conceded a free kick, and they've just gone and scored r- right after. But we just, we steadied the ship, didn't we? Um, the substitution by Silva, um, you know, I've I've heard a lot of people say he shouldn't have done that or he, he should he should have done he should have done that but you know it it was what it was he brought Holgate on yeah. for Sigurdsson and it, it it steadied the ship at least till half time and then certainly in the second half we we looked the most likely to te- the yeah. team to score which we did yeah. um, sorry just to back to the question like an Everton team would have crumbled there what like what where's this come from is this you know well, is this silver I, I I think it is silver I think there's a renewed hope I think the silver and brands link is is a good one. I think it's given a lot of uh, Evertonians hope, optimism, but I also think it's given the team a lot of hope and optimism. And I, like Mark and I were chatting about this before, but you know, I'd also like to pay a little special mention to Leighton Baines. You know, people are thinking he's coming to his end. I thought Baines did very well on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I think maybe the fact that he has some real quality competition. Sorry, Martina, but uh, he now got some quality competition in there. I think is going to bring out the best. And I think. Last last season was extremely scattergun. We had a lot of money and we seemed to buy a lot of players for one position. We didn't address the areas that we really needed to address. And now, you know, Everton Fatonians are coming out of our social media. We need two centre-halves. Two centre-halves have arrived. We needed left-back. They've arrived. We've got seems to have got a little bit more trickery in midfield. You know, that's there. I think there's a sort of renewed... And that's why, not disagreeing with Tom, I think that game was significant because, yes, it's going to be a vastly different Everton side with new signs coming in, but... If that's the new ethos and the players are willing to buy into it, which I've no doubt they will, that is a significant statement. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and look at Southampton last season, and I don't think it was any, you know, we just crumbled in that game. Mm. I know. And, a couple of times we did, I think. You know what I mean? But Southampton just seemed to stick in my mind. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To be honest with you, we just got a painful beating there. Yeah. And and now, as you say, if even at 10 men, I thought, you know, if anyone's going to win it, you know, in the ass at the end, I thought it was going to be us. And okay, it was an opening day draw. Let's not forget Wolves. On the new, newly promoted team, you want to meet your newly promoted teams ten games in when they've perhaps got the stuff knocked out of them. I thought Molyneux was rocking. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be honest, Wolves are a big club. They, they've wasted a long time to get back in the Premier League, and I thought we weathered that storm very well. And but for things maybe going against us and a few chances going awry, 
I think we'd be sitting here, lads, talking about a good Everton win. Mm. Instead, we're talking about a decent Everton performance. Yeah. So, um, the only really disappointing thing for me, obviously conceding the second goal, but it was the fact that Wolves scored from really their first meaningful attack of the second half. Is that down to like concentration or, or what? It was frustrating, but I think um, some of it's down to the rust of Jordan Pickford, as I mentioned before. But obviously, uh, there was Jagielka's mistake. It was a bit of a rusty, rusty one to concede on all ends of the spectrum, really, because obviously you've got the Jagielka mistake and then the Pickford mistake to step to one side and then come over as well. So I think uh, it was a bit of early season rust, really, and I think we'll shake that off as the season progresses and we won't concede as many goals like that. So uh, it was frustrating, but I think we'll hopefully we'll shake that off as we get into our stride. Mm. I did promise goals, didn't I? I did say I know Tom got the, the right prediction for the score <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be a season of just like 3-2s 4-3s 3-3s just mentioned Pickford there Tom but Mark this this might be unpopular and I haven't really heard anyone criticising for it but could Pickford have done better for the free kick yeah um, I think what Tom's just said right isn't he just took that little step to the right and it just left that side of the goal unguarded which was his to cover but um, yeah, I think it is just rustiness. He's, he had three weeks off, uh, come back in, trained for a few days, no match practice straight in. Um, so he could have done better for the goal, but then again, he saved it in the second half of the one on one, didn't he? And mm-hmm. made a stood up tall and made a great save. Um, so I've got absolutely no worries at all about Jordan Pickford. I think he's he's going to save us more times than letting us down over the season goes on. Um, as regards to the second goal, I think we we. We've done a lot of chasing and no one epitomised the change in attitude from last season to this season more than Schneider for me. Not a big fan of him at all. Mm. But he put a shift on and sat and he worked hard and he worked hard and he closed down. And then, uh, that, that sums it all up for me. Um, the second goal, I think we just... Getting a little bit leggy at that stage, and we, you know, I think it come out to Neves, didn't it? And he had all the space in the world to pick his man out. I think it was just that extra man told in that sort of circumstance. I've seen people blame Keane, I'm not having that. I think it was just a good cross and a good header. And sometimes you could, you know, it, it's just one of those things, isn't it? But um, as regards to Pickford, it's absolutely no chance. He's, he's a great goalkeeper, and he'll only, you know, he's only going to get better and better for us, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully, anyway. <laughs> um, Quick word then on Richarlison, John. Debut. What a, what a debut. <laughs> well, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> you know, I, I think... Uh, I know he's a, he's a bit of a controversial character around the Everton parts, but I think Paul Merson, I think Evertonian should be thanking him. Because yeah. I do think Richarlison, for want of a better term, you know, I know it's before and will be very much putting two fingers up mm. to that with his performances. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I, think his, I think his attitude's great. You know, there's been a lot on social media about him signing the autographs and, and, and giving the shirt away. And, and, and that's very, very important for me because I think Everton is a community club. Mm. You know, you've seen the charity week. Everyone's seen the charity week. He seems to buy into it. You know, and Everton, Everton fans don't just tend to be fans. We tend to be you either know everything about Everton or you're not an Everton fan and I think if, if someone's willing to put the life well certainly than themselves on the line even if they're not a wonderful player then I think Everton fans would respect if you have that wonderful player which Richarlison is I mean it's the second goal I thought his link up with Tosin is potentially very exciting yeah. to finish his brilliance you know I thought his awareness for the first goal do you know what he's a player I don't know what you think gents he's a player that gets your backside off the seat and uh, we want that. Every club wants that, but I'm not interested in every club. I think everyone wants that. And obviously, he's a goal scorer. You know, and, and we're going to be relying on your strikers. You need your attacking midfields to be chipping in. Yeah. And he's already, what, a fifth of the way into getting 10 goals for the season? Yeah. I'll be happy. 
Tom Tosin kind of went largely unnoticed, really, didn't he? But just as John's just touched upon there, do you think this is going to become a bit of a vital partnership for Everton over the next day, next season? Tosin and uh, Richarlison. I think it could do, yeah. Um, I, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest, because Richarlison's usually known as a player who goes for goal himself. He likes to cut in and go for goal. He doesn't really link up with the strikers as much as... Uh, as much as he could last season at Watford anyway, but hopefully he will with Tosin up front because uh, his Tosin's finishing, everyone knows, his finishing ability is very good, so that's something he needs to tap into, especially when he's not in a position to shoot. But he always does look for goal, so it is uh, surprising to, for them two to have a little partnership, but definitely it's something we want to tap into, but we want to include Walcott in there as well yeah, because we want that fun free to be working like the fun free of Liverpool. I know we don't want to Obviously, no, <laughs> you, no, you know exactly what you mean. It's something we want to. We, we want the. That's the ideal, really, isn't it? So we would love them three to be working together because Walcott was a little bit on the edge yeah, of the game against Wolves, and I'd love to see them three working together rather than just Richarlison and Tosson. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark, are you? Uh, did you see plenty in from from both of them really up mm-hmm. at the weekend? Yeah, it's, the, it was di- it's difficult to gauge, isn't it? Because we spent fifty-five minutes with with, with uh, ten men. But what they did show um, was was work rate, willingness to get back in. Rich Allison was covering Baines a lot, was getting back yeah, in. Yeah. Uses his body really well. Dead strong, big strong lad. I think he offers a threat in the air as well, which is good. Um, Tosin was more a, a workman-like performance uh, at the weekend. And, and maybe as the season goes on as well, especially away from home, he might mix it up with the front three and might go for more pace. You might, you might see Tosin... Be a, not a predominantly home player, but um, mm. get a lot of his goals at home. And away, if we can get Luckman, his attitude right, mm. and if we can get Bernard fit, he might choose to play maybe Richarlison through the middle yeah. with Bernard and Walcott either side and hit, try and hit teams on the break in that respect. Um, but it's great to be sitting here talking about <laughs> options. No, yeah. Than, yeah, we've never had it, have we? Yeah, yeah. we might play Lewin up front with uh, Klassen on the right or something. <laughs> Completely different. Um, I like all the options, to be honest with you. I like them all, and it's be interesting to see how they pan out. Um, you disappointed with? Obviously, he's got a striker's instinct, so he's going to go for goal. Mm-hmm. But Tosin was kind of he he could have laid off, laid yeah. off Walcott, but he obviously yeah. had a shot which wasn't which wasn't great. Yeah. Like say, so striker's instinct, so he went for it. But mm-hmm. you disappointed in his decision there to yeah shoot uh, rather than pass. Mentioned that before. Um, the only way you. M- that that decision is is right as if he scores, yeah, um, because yeah. because the right option was to play Walcott in one on one, but uh, yeah, you know, as the season goes on, I'm sure that because thought Walcott was a bit rusty as well. Don't forget, he only had 60 minutes against Valencia and was yeah. was injured, wasn't he? So for him to put 90 minutes in with with 50 of that with 10 men, it's gonna it's gonna stand him a good stead. And if we can if we can build them partnerships now, so whoever comes in, they've all got that understanding, then then, then it's gonna be exciting to watch I think yeah alright well I'd say that's the, the final word then on the, on the Wolves game we'll look, we'll look forward to the, uh, the Southampton game but just a quick word because last time we did the podcast we weren't, we weren't entirely sure whether Zuma was going to be uh, mm-hmm. confirmed so John uh, he has been confirmed he's been signing with his, uh, his new teammates this week yep. you're happy with that loan signing yeah uh, uh, to me it's an absolute no brainer I think you've got a young very athletic lad who wants to prove a point you know, it's it, he seems to have had a little burst in the Chelsea team. Chelsea have a massive, massive turnover of managers, like ourselves last season, unfortunately. And I think he's looking for a, a way to, to prove himself. And you know what, even if the lad wants to use it as a springboard, you know, maybe getting his way back into the Chelsea team, do you know what, if he gives us a great season, then, you know, you know Lukaku 
come on loan from Chelsea. He ended up a permanent signing for a couple of seasons. So I, I think Zuma's a no-brainer, I really do. I, th I think last season it was frightening that we didn't seem to be very athletic at the back. Baines looked tired, Jags looked tired, Mori was out injured, Ashley Williams just wasn't up to the task. Now we suddenly have a little bit of height and, and I think we've got a little bit of prowess there. I think we've got a little bit of pace, you know, and pace I don't think is going to worry us as much you know, and I, and I think we might also see the best of well, Mister Consistent himself, Seamus Coleman. I think now he's got more more athletic players that playing with him. I think they might see you know, and and, and you want to see Everton pushing teams, and that can largely be from the back, particularly with the kind of formation Sill wants to play. You know, it's important to get your fullbacks in and press them, and and the fullbacks will do that if they've got defenders they know in the middle they can rely on. So I think for me, Zoom is a no-brainer. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's obviously been a. Like a few frustrating years for Zuma, really, you know, not really being able to settle down into the Chelsea team. And uh, obviously, his, his time at Stoke didn't particularly go well. Now he's here. Surely he just wants to, you know, settle down at a club and at least spend more than one year at a club where he, you know, he, he feels wanted. Yeah, this is, it's the time in his career, isn't it, where he's got to be settling down and establishing himself as a top player. He can't be considered a young player for too many years because he's getting toward an age where he's got to establish himself. Um, and I don't think he's been given the chance to do that at Chelsea, although I think he should have been. But uh, hopefully he will be that club to do that, and uh, hopefully he can extend the stay further in the season. But uh, for now, I do think it's a great sign. And I, th I think uh, Marco Silva probably looked at um, pre-season and said, get me two new centre-backs, we need two new centre-backs. So um, and we, we've pulled that off so yeah, I'm absolutely made up and I think he can slot straight in there as well he's one with Premier League experience so maybe he'll be ready sooner than me you know, to step in um, so I'm really happy with that one I think uh, it is a chance so we always want a player who can, who's got a point to prove as well so obviously hope he, he'll be able to show, show that in his game Mark, Zoom is almost like, like Chelsea saying you know you're not good enough to play for Chelsea but you're good enough just to keep on, keep on the books it's like it's crazy isn't it like mm -hmm. why don't they just, just offload them and sell them like just playing with a, a player's career there, do you know what I mean? Not too sure from Chelsea's point of view what they're thinking is. I mean, they've got about 9 million players on loan, haven't they? <laughs> so, uh, he just adds to it. Um, but like John said, it's an absolute no-brainer. In fact, potentially the most important sign on yeah. deadline day because of his pace. Yeah, definitely. The way Silva wants to play in a 4-3-3, he wants to play with a higher line so he can press in their pitch. So when we win the ball back, you know, we're there, we're, we're attacking them again. Going back to Tom's point about Liverpool, that's that's how they're doing yeah. it, and look how successful it's proven. So, from my point of view, we can do that now because Zuma's recovery pace is, is going to allow us to defend higher up. And if they do get in behind, we've got a defender now who's going to get back in and, 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 and recover. Um, when Mean is fit as well, he's no slouch, but he's also got the long, gangly legs, he's also going to cut out them balls and stuff. So them two signings are going to allow us to play the way Silva wants further up the pitch if you know what I mean yeah, if, if, yeah. and so I'd get him straight in on Saturday he's, my, he's the first name on the team sheet for me on Saturday um, I think he's first treats with the Holgate as a backup and I think me and his first treats with, with Keane as a backup um, yeah. and each each player now is going to know what their role is mm. and, uh, and how high up the pitch we can defend I think you'll see Everton now push 10-15 yards further up the pitch I think that'll be more noticeable yeah. probably from Saturday against Southampton if I'm honest um, looking forward to seeing him in a blue shirt The View from the Gladys Street Podcast from the Liverpool Echo The View from the Gladys Street Podcast from the Liverpool Echo
Yeah, well, to be honest, that was going to be my next question. I'm really looking forward to the game Saturday. Yeah. One like reason is I can't wait to get out for a pint afterwards, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, Mark, you said Zoom, Zoom is going to come in. Yeah. We'll go around the table, Tom. Is, uh, who's, who's your choice to replace Jags? It's got to be Kirti Umer, hasn't it, uh, for me? I think um, he could put Holgate in there as because he, he brought him on as a substitute. But I think if we want the quality... Um, we were talking before a little bit about um, throwing Holgate in there at a young age. He, he maybe needs to be slowed down a little because he was chucked in there when he needed to be like, at times under Cumin as well at right back. So he needs to be kind of put in a little bit more slowly for his, for his own development. But Zoom has got to be the obvious choice if he is settled in training. If he's ready, then we've got to, we've got to put him in there because he's definitely the quality option. John, does he slot in just nicely? This is in danger of becoming the most agreeable podcast in history. <laughs> because we need to get some reds on there. Though, I, was gonna, I was going to say, I mean, I'm, I'm saying before, I was a, I'm a huge Mason Holgate fan, but I think Tom's summed it up really succinctly. Mason Holgate is a fantastic talent. Let him grow organically. You said before, Ian, Zuma's got a point to prove. He's big, he's strong, he's at the full pre-season. Why fix, you know, what it isn't really broke? You know, and also as well, I think you're talking about Baines having some competition. I'd like to pay a little special mention to Michael Keane. Hmm. I thought Michael Keane had one of his better games for Everton, and and understandably and arguably deservedly, he's took a bit of stick. So I think the likes of Zuma, and you know, he's no longer the young player anymore. He's he's experienced himself at Premier League level. Is that kind of quality going to bring on the likes of Keane? You know, has Keane still got a future at Everton? I'd like to think so. It might not be as a regular starter, but. Sorry, getting back to the point. Yeah, Zuma. <laughs> <laughs> Zuma right is in it, there. Is it Zuma and Keane or Zuma and Holgate? I'd go. Do you know what? I think Keane has one warrants another chance. I'd go Zuma and Keane myself personally. I like Holgate, but I'd go Zuma and Keane. I think Keane deserves another chance. Yeah. I don't think, you know, the excuses that Keane was a fault for the second. Okay, he was. It was the closest man to him, but it's easy to say that, isn't it? You know, the ball. Po- Potentially yeah. should have been stopped before mistake, that. Yeah, no, no, I mean. I like, like the Jags one. Pinpoint a lot, a lot of that. And do you know what? We played, what, 55 minutes mm-hmm. with 10 men, first game of the season. I think we were knackered. Mm. You know, people I've heard people blame Coleman, and, and then but then you blame the strikers for not shutting down. It, it, it's mm-hmm. a team game, and I think the team was on its backside. Yeah. So there's no point pinpointing one person. Yeah, it was gutting. But you know what? We didn't lose the game. We had a positive performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark, I'll come to you on this one because we discussed this in the last podcast, the captaincy. Mm-hmm. So he's got he's got two decisions now, mm-hmm. hasn't he, really, to make? Jags is obviously, he's not going to be there. He's mm-hmm. going to have to bring someone in. I know what you're going to say, but just for the purpose of the podcast, who's, <laughs> who's going to be captain on Saturday? It's or who's, still, who's he going to pick? It still would be Coleman for me. Um, it, it, the issue is that you've got club captain and team captain, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So Jags is probably going to remain club captain until until he's um, his contract's out next summer. I don't yeah. think they're going to change club captain. In his absence, you've got a choice of Coleman and Baines, I think, haven't you? Um, but then, as the season goes on, is, is, is Baines uh, going to be overtaken? So I think your natural conclusion is, is, is Seamus Coleman because he's been there, he's done it, he knows the club, um, and he's a quality right-back. I've seen a couple of people on Twitter say, I wouldn't give him it because of his ability, and I'm like, are you watching the same Seamus Coleman as me? He's one of the best right backs in the league. Add that is to his attitude. The only, the only thing I'd say about Coleman is that I love him, and I think you're right about that. But maybe his final ball into the boxes needs a lot of work on. Yeah, I I that, that just that, that's what I especially. There was two occasions I think against Wolves where he managed to get in the box, and the, I wouldn't say he was wasteful, but I just think uh, he had a, a left-footed shot. I think which uh, he's mm-hmm. not he's not left-footed, so that's fine. But mm-hmm. I think there was a cross into the box as well. Would have thought. 
you know, you need to look up there or pick, pick a better man. Yeah, I think yeah. it was that it one, was, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, like he was. If, if that ball went in the ass, he's mm-hmm. he's clean through there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I don't, that's just my opinion. I love yeah. him and I think he's great. Mm-hmm. I just think if he's gonna take that next step, mm-hmm. then that's what he's got to work on because everything else mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, uh, you're right in, in in the sense that his his quality in that final day could be a bit better, but. Um, everyone's got the flaws, haven't they? I don't think we've got a perfect player in the in the squad at the moment. No. So, I think the best of that squad at the moment to, to rally the team and get the team going is is James Coleman for me. Um, maybe next summer is the is the chance to buy a ready-made leader because uh, Jags is out of contract, Baines out of contract, Williams out of contract. I think there's one or two more. I think next season he might he might buy a proper centre midfielder number six, whoever to slot in there to be an actual leader of the team. But as I say, Coleman he gets the club. He he's he, he fights. He's he, he wants to win. His comments this week about look, I'm dying to win a trophy for this club and stuff like that. I never heard Jack Elka say that. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've never heard anyone say that. So. For me, it's about that at the moment. Yeah, I get his, his flaws and his ability in certain parts of his game, but as a captain material, I think he's the one who would be rallying the troops when they're heads down and uh, and so on. So, yeah, it, it's a no-brainer for me. Tom, is Coleman your next captain for the next three games? Definitely, yeah. I think um, you could chuck it to Baines because he's obviously a bit older, more of a senior player, and he, um, he shouts a, a decent bit, fair bit as well. But I think Seamus Coleman is going to stay in the side longer because obviously Dini is going to challenge Baines' place. I think um, we can't base it on ability because uh, Phil Neville was a good enough captain, but he was <laughs> absolutely shocking as a right. So um, I think uh, Seamus Coleman for me definitely is he's the one we've agreed on um, before, and he's the, he's definitely one, the one to take the club forward. He knows the club in and out. He, um, he's he's Everton through and through, isn't he? So you've got to give to Seamus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just touched on Baines there as well. Um, before before I ask this question, can we just clarify how you say Lucas Dina's name? Because I've heard about three different versions <laughs> of it. I was hoping someone would bring that up because I haven't got a clue. So if you can so t- yeah. I think what I pronounced it. Well, I heard someone say Dina. Yeah. Is that how you say it? That's how I'm saying it, Dina. Yeah. So is that how we're saying it here? Yeah, I heard Dina. 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 Go soft on the G, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not I heard Dina. But it's got no like accent on it, so it's no. not like a like it like with the age, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. In but French. I've heard someone say Dean and Dean as well, so <laughs> nah, it's, he's not a Dean. No, no it's not. It's so gotta be Dean. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll stick with Dean then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Could you call him Lucas? <laughs> well, yeah, could call him Lucas. Yeah. Is that it's too much reference to Liverpool then? No. Well, yeah, 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 I was gonna say yeah. D- Lucas Dean, that's it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people wrote off Beans then before um, the season even started, just saying we've got a new left back. Beans started, played very well. Did he warrant a, um Does he warrant a, a position in the in the in the squad in in the, in the first eleven on a Saturday? Beans. Yeah, I'd keep him in. Yeah. I, I don't think we need we need rush that one. I think Dean, yeah, I've got it right there. <laughs> I think he's gonna be. He's let's be honest. He's Leighton Baines' successor. I thought uh, Baines linked up very very well with Richarlison. I thought I thought his free kick was the Baines of old. I thought he had a decent game. You know, everyone knows he's passed his best, but there's still a part to play for Leighton Baines. And I do think that Dini arriving will sort of make Baines boost his game. And then when Dini gets in the side, I think he's got the mentality to want to stay in the team. So I don't think we need rush this. You know, it's only going to be the second game of the season. I thought, OK, we had we conceded two goals, but I think we sort of picked the bones out of that, gents. Uh, the free kick was a decent free kick. Pickford positioning, mate. You know, in the last goal... 
yeah, it was a team that was terrible. I thought, as a unit, I thought we were very good, and I thought Leighton Baines was a big part of that. Mm. You know, I, I really do. I think he's a, I think he's, he's a very quiet man, but you know what? I think he leads by example, and I think in Richardson, I mean, if we can get a slight bit of the old Baines and Pienaar and that, mm. I, think, I think we'll all be very happy blues, won't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Great pronunciation on Dina, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Mark, are you are you happy for Baines to continue? Like, obviously, there was a lot of expectation about Dina, and mm-hmm. you know, it, like, whether it was a surprise or not, Baines mm-hmm. um, Baines started, and it looks like he's going to start again. Yeah, I think it's just the case of um, when Dina overtakes Baines, isn't it? <laughs> um, and how quick that happens. Um, he done well on Saturday. There was a, there was a few examples because. Uh, Obviously, where the away fans are, he was right in front of us in the first half, and I thought there was a few opportunities where he got it. He could have bombed on 20, 30 yards, took the team forward, but he chooses the easy option a bit too much for me at the moment, and just just passes it back inside, which slows the team down a little bit. Do you think? I know we had Richarlison on the. He's talking about Baines, sorry, yeah, yeah, he's talking yeah. About Baines, like yeah. when he had PNR with him mm. at that when John was saying there, mm-hmm. he he felt like he could go further mm-hmm. forward because he would have that. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd have someone always behind him to mm-hmm. to protect him. He's obviously still got. If he's going to carry on playing and get that yeah. working with Richarlison and that partnership, I, I I think it's more down to legs. To be honest, getting yeah. up and down that flank yeah, and yeah. getting back, I don't think he can do that no more. So he's picking and choosing. Whereas for the team, you want your left back to be doing that all the time. So whether Lucas Digne can do that is remains to be seen. Thought he's done all right himself when he came on as well. Um, it's going to be an interesting little battle, that isn't it? Mm. Uh, I think Baines keeps his place for Saturday. I don't think he's warranted enough to be dropped or anything like that. Um, but he's got to be on the top of his game now and produce, um, be solid defensively and offer something in the final third. Or yeah. I think Marco Silva will have Dinya in uh, sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, as Saturday's performance goes, thought he was he, he was he was okay. Yeah, he was solid. He's like, never going to get back to the Baines of old, no, is he, no. Joe? Just Which is age, yeah, just yeah. age. So. Yeah. Um, all right, Tom. So you're one for one then for predictions. What's your prediction for Saturday? 100%. Um, <laughs> um, I said on the uh, the video before, I was a little bit rushed before, but I've, I've gone for 1 0. I know we've predicted goals, but I think there's not much goals in Southampton at the moment. And hopefully we can be solid enough at the back to keep them out. Um, yeah, 1 0 for me. Um, I'll stick with that. Is what's his name going to play? Danny Ings? Well, he, he came on. Half time at the weekend, didn't yeah. he? So he's had 45 minutes, so he'll probably. Uh, he's bound to score, isn't he? Yeah, so there's <laughs> day one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are we saying, Mark? I, I think, um, just chatting with John outside before, if he can take the first half of the Valencia home performance um, with the attitude from the Wolves performance into that Southampton game, I think we can give them a really good going over. Yeah. Um, I just think we'll have too much for them, and, and, and I'm hoping. Goodison's back to somewhere near its best as well, and we get to be, you know get really behind them to to show that we're behind this new project and we're behind this manager. Um, so I'll go for three one. Three one. Everton, yeah. Uh, to be honest, though, it goes back to what you were saying last week about just having the feel good factor yeah. about going to the game. I'm genuinely looking forward to going to the game. To go like yeah. it's just, it feels like it's been a while since we've been to Goodison, and it's been a while since, like say, actually looking forward to going. Mm-hmm. So I just can't wait. Saturday was brilliant. Um, I can only speak from my own personal experience. Where we got the train down, and uh, and we literally sang from the minute we got on the train. So yeah. it's totally the end of the game. Yeah. We, we throat have gone. Um, bit of shouting at Craig Pawson as well, but <laughs> um, I had a really good day. Loved going on the match for the first time in a long time, yeah. uh, and I can't wait for Saturday again. So you're right, the feel good factors back. Um, Hopefully, if we can get a good win on Saturday, then it's just going to elevate everyone's expectations That's again, it. isn't it? 
say. John, what are we saying score wise? Well, Mark's actually nicked my prediction, so do you know what? I'm, I'm, I can't be that agreeable. Go I, I'm, I'm going to go. Do you know what? I, he's, again, he, he's second guessing me. This lad is yeah. working in sync. I'll go four one. I think we'll avenge the battering. You can still have the same prediction as no, someone no, else. No, no, no. I'm going to go four one. We don't want to be too agreeable, Jen. So I'll go four one. I think, I think I can see Tosin getting off the mark. I also think mm. against his former club, you know, game under his belt. I think Walcott will be bang up for it. Yeah. Um, and why? Why can't Richarlison? You know, we, we've got Sigurdsson you'd assume he would start. So yeah, I think we can go and give Southampton a bit of a going over. Don't want to jinx it, but yeah, I think Goodison will be rocking on Saturday, first home game. Feels like a new regime. Hmm. You know, feels like the new broom is swept clean. And yeah, I think we can I think we can really make a mark here. Yeah. I'm going to go 2-1. I was going to go 3-1, but obviously Mark's no picked way. that. And you we can have the same prediction. Really, <laughs> no, 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 we picked the same score last week though, didn't we? So I was I, 10 minutes away from it, Dave, wasn't I? What did you say? I definitely said 2-1, so yeah. I'm going to go what did I say? I can't even remember. No. Two one. Two one. Two I'll go. One. I'll go two one. I think we'll. I think we'll score two and then maybe get a little bit leggy still. Yeah. And Southampton. Yeah, Danny Ings. Danny Ings is goal. Typical, isn't it? Yeah. Um, do you think Bernard will get a look in at the weekends? Or we I, don't, I don't know. It's just it's just going to depend how, how fit he is, and the only way he's going to get match fit is obviously playing, right. isn't he? Yeah. I don't know if they're going to plan on any um, behind the scenes mm. like ninety minute games or whatever. I don't know. It'd be nice to see him on the bench, and maybe yeah. if we, you know, if we end up three four nil up for him to come on, and mm-hmm. you know, a few lays or something like that, that'd be nice, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? So yeah, uh, yeah. One, could, one could play. No, I know. All right, well, so we'll finish off then uh, very quickly. I just really, really wanted to speak about this because um, it's been a massive talking point um, over the past couple of days, and I know it's got a lot of Everton fans excited. Whether it's you know it's true or not, but um, we'll talk about it anyway. Usmanov. Uh, the guy who's uh, had shares in in Arsenal, um, and he's uh, is he sold them yet, or is he he's in the process of selling them? Sold, yeah. So, yeah, sold, yeah. Um, so I've got the quote here from from uh, the website Bloomberg. Um, what he says, he's uh, open to investing in Everton um, if there's a good chance um, of good potential returns. Uh, we are friends with Farad Mashiri, and if he needs the support, I'm happy to help. So last week when he sold his shares. It was kind of like he kind of dismissed it a little bit, didn't he? He's like, well, like it's got nothing to do with Everton selling these shares, but he's obviously he's taken this interview. He's come out. I mean, as well, he's also said he'd be interested in investing in clubs in in Italy and um, and Spain. What, what what do we what do we make of it, Tom? What what, what are we saying? Yeah, he's already dipped his toe in the water with Finch Farm, hasn't he? he owns Finch Farm. I would thought if he's gonna invest then he should go all the way in but uh, I'd like to see it done a lot of people said um, Usmanov lent the money to Mishiri to buy his stake in Everton in the first place so it'll be interesting to see how that works out but I do think that's a partnership that could blossom in the in the helm at the helm of Everton um, I think someone at the club came out didn't he to play it down and just say well he, he might mean morally support them or something like that mm. but no I th- I'm not having any of that I do think he, he will amend uh, financially so I, I'm excited about it to be honest it could be in the, the stadium deal gets done a little bit quicker so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens John it's, it's all exciting and I know it's all here at the minute but the, the only one thing that can say me was that I, I know football's a business now but like the good potential returns he's obviously looking to make money from any business venture that he goes out on you know Everton aren't that profitable at the moment I, I know that can change but you know Arsenal fans are like Fuming, they're annoyed that you know this Cronky is just taking money out of the club. They're not like, not really investing in the club. Should we be con- a little bit concerned if that's his his only goal? I, I think nowadays, you know, gone are the days where football fans own football clubs, particularly their own fans own football clubs. I mean, 
the only big example I can think of, that's Mike Ashley. That's not exactly working out well, is it? Yeah. I think wealth is wealth, and I think if you buy into anything with you know cash, money, you're going to want to return. I think the Arsenal supporters trust, I think there's a little bit of nostalgia you know, about Arsenal being, you know, well-run club, old traditional club. I think there's also a little bit of, they haven't won the Premier League for a long time now. You know, they're dropping out the top four. The, a few of them, I mean, have seen Emery out after one game. Mm. So I think their problems stretch beyond, and I think any football fan sort of requires a scapegoat. Listen, if he if he wants to invest in Osmanov, then I think I don't want his wealth said no Evertonian ever. Mm. I think, you know, get him in, get invested. I think with a new ground, Everton suddenly become that profitable club. You know, Everton will make money. So I'm not overly worried about, about wealth. I think Everton have got a big enough footprint in the community. I think they've got a big enough idea of who they really are. I really do. I don't think it'll be like a Manchester City situation. So I'm not overly worried myself. And, and I think if we can get more wealth in, and as, as Tom said, get that deal done for Bramley Moore and get it, the new stadium over the line, then it's Gents, it's got to be a win-win for everyone, hasn't it? Mm. Mark, what, what do you make of it? Are you, would you be willing to accept Osmanov coming in? Yeah, investing? I mean, th- there's a few things. And the one is things either coincidentally or behind the scenes incidentally are happening. Um, i.e., you know, we've just appointed a, a, a stadium, stadium director. director. Um, do you reckon that the rumours are that the, that the funding... Um, it's just getting finalised at the moment and things are going to get announced soon and stuff so either it's all a bit coincidental that he's just sold the shares at that yeah. time that we're looking for the final bit of the investments um, it remains to be seen like Tom said he's already got his foot in the door and he so I think it's it's just how how much he wants in the door and how much him and Michelle want want to do this together I think going back to the Arsenal points he because he only had 30% um, he didn't want to put the money in because Cronker was just going to basically spend his money. Mm. So he was like, well, I'm not giving you the money to spend if I've got no say on what's going on. He said from day one he wanted to build the best football team on the planet because from the best football team on the planet, everything else grows. Mm. But he wasn't being allowed to do that. Him and Mashiri set out to do that with red and white holdings from the start with Arsenal and were denied that opportunity. Mm. They've now got that opportunity if they want it, um, to do that in, in a football club. If he comes, he will spend money on the football club. Okay. He will spend money on the football team. There's no doubt about that. The exciting thing about Usmanov coming will be, can we go out and get the, the next level of player that we you know we're getting 30, 40 million pound players now. You know we'll be in the market for 70, 80 million pound players when he comes in. That's the bit we should be getting excited about. Uh, I think the rest will follow mm. if and when that happens. Stadium and then exactly. profit, revenue yeah. and stuff like of that. Of course, yeah. If you've got a boss football team, things will grow. If we're 8th or ninth in the Premier League, just no stay in there. Yeah. So they, they're savvy enough to know that you've got to get the football team right on the pitch first before anything else happens. Um, so but, I'm excited. Yeah, well, we, know, we know the business partners, Mishiri and um, Usmanov, but... Um, and it, like you said, what he wanted to do with Arsenal, that hasn't happened. Mercedes come to um, come to Everton and managed to get his foot in the door. Do you think Mercedes going to want someone coming in, not not stepping on his toes? Because mm-hmm. it's not it's not that, is it? Like the business mm-hmm. partners, it's like a mutual thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, is he going to want Usmanov effectively taking over? It, 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 but, but unfortunately, we're not privy to the conversations they have. I'm sure they've obviously talked about it. And who knows? This might have been the plan from day one when yeah. Mercedes came in. Um, we've heard the stories that Mashiri wanted to do this alone, but if he's got, if he can have the help and the backing of his of his 
ten times over billionaire mate. Um, and he's had a few expensive <laughs> mistakes as well, hasn't he? Let's face it, with the staff and management and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. So if he can get that help and us when I'm willing to have it, I can't see him with Sherry turning that down. No. I think he'd be stupid too. Um, and if they, if they want to run the club together, just as they wanted to with Arsenal, the opportunity's there for them now. Um, it, my personal feelings are, I think it's already a long way yeah. down the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm just trying not to get too excited. <laughs> You're not a doing a good bit, job. Just, I can I'm a little bit excited. <laughs> <laughs> Have you see Mark's yeah. legs? <laughs> so, yeah, I think, um, I think behind the scenes, I think it's all going on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I think that's a... A good point to leave it. We're all we're all going to leave here feeling positive yeah. and uh, going into Sunday, uh, Saturday, sorry, three o'clock. Hopefully, we'll have three points by uh, by five o'clock. Um, we're going to be back next Tuesday. Um, I can't remember the date. I'm sorry, but we'll be back then. Um, if you want to join the debate, um, it's on the hashtag View from the Gladys Street. Um, guys, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, we'll have you back soon enough. Thanks very much. Cheers. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.